0: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of The Wanderings Podcast. I'm your host Pedro Bonato, a photographer and musician that creates artworks inspired by history, mythology and traditions from around the world. As astronomer Carl Sagan once said, when you are in love, you want to tell the world. So my goal with this show is to share the creativity of the people who have inspired my own journey and how they were able to bring their vision to life in the intersections of art, science, and business. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that next week I will be launching three new projects in video photography music. In a very deep way, some of the seeds for these projects were born from the conversation you'll hear in this episode, so I invite you to Check out my website and social media on May 14th, 2019 to see what these projects are all about. In today's show, we'll wander through forgotten traditions of Ukraine and how one man is working to bring them back to life. My guest is Yuri Fedinsky, a musician, researcher and instrument maker who for decades has been reviving the lost music and spiritual tradition of the Kobzar. The Kobzar were traveling musicians, storytellers, and spiritual leaders, who for centuries went all around Ukraine, spreading their art and wisdom. With the rise of Stalin and the Soviet Union control over Ukraine, the Kobzar were killed, their instruments destroyed, and their traditions almost forgotten. Almost. Yuri and his colleagues work to recreate lost traditional instruments, including the Kozba, the Bandura, and the Torban. We had a fascinating conversation about his life in a small village in Ukraine, and how Yuri is, in a very real way, bringing the Kobzar tradition to the modern era. Also, in 2019, Yuri is coming back to North America, so I urge you to take a look at his website and social media to check out the dates. At the end of this interview, you will be able to hear the beautiful music of the Kobzar, played in a real traditional bandura that Yuri made from scratch, which I had a chance to record. Also, special thanks to the Kosa Collective in Toronto and to Matty Palanen and Olenka Kleban for arranging this interview. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Yuri Fedinsky. Welcome to the Wanderings podcast.
1: Thank you for being here. Thank you, Pedro. It's my pleasure to, yeah, to my, be with you.
0: That's great. Yeah, like uh, we are, what, about an hour and a half or two hours before you go do the, the house concert here uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, at the Lincoln Maddies. And uh, I wanted to basically like a free-ranging conversation about your work there. Okay. Uh, because I thought it was like such a fascinating way that you were able to recreate this uh, basically from memory in a way, right? Some historical memory, this, mm-hmm. uh, this experience and all the, the journey that you went through. So mm-hmm. can you t- talk a little bit about the project that you were uh, working on and uh, just to give a little context of what you were doing?
1: Yeah, well, uh, the project is called Kobzaring the New World. Uh, and Kobzaring is the verb or the, the gerund uh, that means uh, to actually practice the Kobzar tradition uh, in the new world. In the new world being, uh, on one hand, uh, America, Canada, South America, Mm -hmm. uh, at some point, maybe. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, the new world, the modern world, right? Uh, The Kobzeri would have been killed in 1933. So they would have existed for about 700 years Mm. until that point. Uh, And now we're investigating, researching the tradition and trying to revive it with that research and what we found. uh, And not just to practice this tradition in Ukraine, which me and my colleagues have been doing For the past, I've been doing it for the past maybe decade or several decades. uh, And they've been doing it for the past maybe 30 years total. uh, Kind of from nothing really. uh, From scratch. Uh, And now the idea is, uh, can we do this in other countries? uh, Including America, Canada. And uh, this is the second phase of my tour, which started a year and a half ago. Uh, And the results uh, were wonderful. Uh, And uh, the conviction that... Uh, We can revive the tradition even in Kobzar to America, Canada, and we should do this. Uh, That It's very uh, important to not just uh, reviving the tradition itself, which is really an empty pursuit. Uh, The full pursuit is to basically activate uh, Ukrainians everywhere uh, and other people in the world uh, to be conscious of the Ukrainian cause and what's happening uh, historically in Ukraine and today in Ukraine and to kind of uh, create some kind of bonds between the different communities and the different cities uh, with uh, Ukrainian cities and communities uh, and uh, really not just revive the Kobzar tradition, but revive uh, the nation of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. This is really our main purpose uh, and that was the function of the Kobzari in a time when Ukraine had no physical borders In eastern Ukraine, where the Kobzri would have existed for 300 years, Mm -hmm. uh, the Kobzri would have had their route where they would have uh, been able to talk to intelligentsia, to people at large, uh, everyone really out in public uh, about uh, spirituality, about, uh, you could say, spiritual patriotism and spiritual nationalism, and the idea that we have to kind of keep the culture together, there's a reason for it. And uh, that's what we're trying to do here and it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really uh, not like a concert tour. It's not like uh, like entertainment. Uh, it's something very different. But even uh, the other night in, in, in the, uh, the drum bar in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, to play these very serious works where people in the bar are usually uh, gone to have a good time, have kind of light conversation, uh, maybe not so light conversation, uh, but to have fun maybe uh, and to sing serious works. Mm-hmm. about patriotism nationalism and spirituality uh that might seem kind of strange and it was i think very strange uh but uh it worked that's even there it worked
0: well that's cool yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what uh what you guys will do tonight and uh, so these songs like uh they're of course deeply related to the history of ukraine and not only to the history in terms of, like, for being there, like, uh, in a tradition that lasted so, so many centuries, but also because mm-hmm. it was influenced by the Soviet-like uh, influence. that almost uh, made it die out, right? And then, uh, so it's connected in that sense. So can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit, like, let's say, before it got suppressed mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. how did it work because apparently uh. you guys have references even for like like from the 15th century maybe even earlier than that can you talk a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. about how it was let's say before it was uh had to be, mm-hmm. was let's say uh destroyed and then got dug back from you guys so how was that
1: uh, well we have lots of several kind of institutions or uh, kind of uh like social institutions i don't know if you call it an institution but uh somebody like a medicine man mm-hmm. on one hand, and maybe in the middle ages somebody like uh this kind of entertainer who would play the husli and the hudok uh, we have uh this uh, later on this uh, idea of this kozak mamai who would play in the kobza, and uh, everything that he he thinks that's everything that we has a certain philosophy uh with this with this mamai type figure uh but these are all kind of uh kind of theories work uh, from where the kobza are. Uh, profession really came from, uh, but uh, a little bit more concrete historically, we know that uh, the first uh, the first uh, type of kobzar uh, was probably uh, a Cossack warrior uh, who was blinded after mm-hmm. being captured by the enemy. Uh, maybe maybe I think the Turks had had this practice, and then coming home, uh, they would release him to tell the story right, to never come back again. Uh, He would basically uh, be blind and decide how to fight for the culture uh, further. And the idea was uh, take an instrument uh, and sing about what you saw, sing about uh, uh, spiritual ideas. Uh, And we don't know so much about that type of uh, kind of blind Kozak or Kozak Bandurist. But later on, uh, around 300 years ago, we imagine... Uh, many of these Kozaks uh, actually created uh, like a guild uh, where they would uh, kind of together kind of wander around a, a certain territory, mostly in the eastern Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, only in the eastern Ukrainian territories of Poltava region, Kharkiv region, uh, Cherniya Cern- uh, region. Uh, and uh, one of the functions was uh, to help soldiers heal. Right. It was a kind of a spiritual healing, kind of a music therapy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may have been. Uh, in the proximity of a certain hospital uh, where where this tradition was kind of created. Uh, but this, this is also kind of theories. But uh, what we concretely know is that uh, the Kobzars of, of around 1850 uh, uh, were blind men who sang spiritual repertoire to the accompaniment mm-hmm. of the Kobza and the Bandura. Uh, a similar profession was the Lirniki. Uh, the Lirniki would have been also in eastern Ukraine, but also in western Ukraine. And they would have played really the same repertoire, but on the hurdy-gurdy. Uh, And uh, these were spiritual singers who would go from city to city, town to town. They would have been considered uh, by some just street beggars. Mm -hmm. uh, And by others, they would have been considered cultural elite, uh, depending how how you looked upon them, how you you Mm -hmm. received them. Uh, But there's also the idea that the Kobzar, uh, he would be kind of like a a mobile uh, spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. You might have like a priest in the church who's a spiritual leader who... Uh, waits for the congregation every Sunday uh, and takes care of uh, hopefully the the uh, the this the, the village or, or, or parish which they have uh, but the Kobzeri, uh wouldn't sit and wait around they would basically go to where there needed to be some kind of spiritual uh, mm-hmm. kind of energy to the the marketplaces the bazaars uh, maybe the schools uh, and also to the intelligentsia certainly they had friends in, in certain uh, it was a, a very serious profession for them. Uh, and I'm sure that they found the kind of the, the folks that they needed to be talked to to mm-hmm. talk to and discuss uh, things which were happening. Uh, so those those clubs that we know. And uh, we also know that not just the Soviet regime, but also the Tsarist regime, which had occupied Ukraine for 300 years mm-hmm. uh, in an effort to kind of suppress Ukrainian nationalism and all things Ukrainian to to make them not kind of a, 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 how do I say, uh, a fighting nation which yeah. would keep its borders, but more a slave nation which would work the fields and feed uh, Moscow and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and the, the northern Russians. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they realized that the Kobzari were a problem for the regime, and there were lots of uh, uh, instances of uh, banning playing with an instrument. They would let the kobzari go without the instrument. Oh, right. uh, but with the instrument, they realized it was very dangerous. It was a very powerful uh, part of Ukrainian culture, and they had existed for 700 years. Uh, so they had a very concrete functions socially, and the regime tried to suppress that. Uh, but the worst of it was in uh, the Stalin days, mm-hmm when uh stalin realized it was easier just to kill them all and as they killed so many clergy intelligentsia and just outright everybody uh from all over ukraine not just the east but all over uh and starved them to death uh to basically kill them out uh and in their houses to kind of uh send uh, ethnic Russians and Belorussians uh, to, to, or people who would actually be happy to live in a very sunny place with very wonderful land mm-hmm. uh, and work in the collective farms uh, so the Kobzuri after 1933 would have been destroyed completely uh, but information about them is has kind of uh, been hiding for, for many many years through the mm-hmm. Soviet years and our work now in finding a lot of these uh, a lot of this information, this is instruments this is uh, kind of philosophy, kobzery, even kind of oral books they would have had in their head. We found some notes that somebody just happened to to take, or kind of uh, these first Ukrainian recordings on wax cylinders hmm. uh, from this expedition of of, of uh, folklorists or ethnomusicologists from uh, Western Ukraine, who were convinced that at some point the tradition would die out, and we have to preserve that. So these uh, resources they've been lying around, right? Maybe in some basement on these wax cylinders. Or in some library, kind of buried away, uh, and they're kind of coming out of the woodwork. And uh, with this information, uh, we're learning more and more. And this present project is an attempt to take all those resources which we've been re- researching. I've been research- researching for the past twenty years, mm-hmm. uh, and now, kind of, the, the the present research is to actually uh, do what the kobzars did. Mm-hmm. Right? We've made instruments. We've learned the songs. We, we've found the songs. We've researched. Uh, their methods and techniques. We kind of understand their philosophy. Now we're going to do and go and do it. And this is really research as well, because when you go through the steps, then you start to uh, uh, realize uh, the technology of the Kobzari. And another resource is by inspiration. Mm-hmm. That uh, if this is a tradition, uh, which is a spiritual one, and uh, the spiritual world, it seems, wants the Kobzari to be reborn and wants the work to be done. Uh, it's very much a mission and uh, information on how to do it uh, comes through inspiration. Right. Uh, and a lot of things in this present, uh, even this past several weeks, a lot of new understanding and kind of ways of, of understanding who the Kobzar we were and how to effectively are.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's uh, basically, it's like an even an, like it's sort of like an active research, right? Yes, uh, yes, yes. It's, this is fascinating. And, and you, you got into to create. Can you talk a little bit about how you, this part of creating the instruments, right? Because apparently, uh, they have been basically destroyed right there would be mm-hmm. references that were like probably like books or paintings or drawings or yes, maybe yes. some fragments of the uh, of the um, of the yes, instruments yes. can you talk a little bit about what the instruments are and how was your process to to recreate
1: them well uh, the, the obvious uh, characteristic of the kobzar tradition is that they played instruments mm-hmm. right who they were and what they did it's kind of hard harder to tell but in the first uh, instance you see ah they play on these kind of little uh, lutes or they kind of zithers uh maybe people don't really know but uh with the killing of the last kobzari in 1933 basically uh their instruments stopped being made uh, people stopped playing these types of instruments uh and the old instruments which usually would have been made for gut strings may have been strung with metal strings which only appeared in Ukraine about uh, uh about 120 years ago mm-hmm. uh, so these instruments would have been destroyed In museums today, for instance, we only have about 15 banduras. These are traditional Ukrainian banduras. Uh, Most of them are made for metal strings, not made for gut. The ones made for gut, we don't have any. Uh, The kobzas, we have one kobza that's been remade into a bandura. And it's not a very good kobza, so to make a a copy of that wouldn't make a lot of sense. But it's a resource. Uh, And then there's this other instrument which... Uh, is similar to the cobs and the Bandura. It's called the Torban. Mm-hmm. The he didn't play the Torban, but because uh, the instrument is very related historically and with the creation of the Kobz and the Bandura, uh, I make and play that instrument too. And uh, the people who would play the Torban, uh, the Torbanists or uh, the, the kind of nobility, uh, repertoire which they would have performed eventually made its way into the Kobzar's repertoire. Okay. So it makes sense to, to practice both traditions, the Torban Plains tradition and the Kobzar tradition at the same time. But uh, Torbans, we have about five in Ukrainian museums. Uh, there's a lot of others in, in, in museums in Russia, uh, even in uh, New York uh, Metropolitan, there's one Torban. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, really the first job, it seems, is uh, to actually have an instrument uh, so to make instruments, we don't have a Soviet factory that produced them, although there was a Soviet factory that produced the modern banduras. Right. And the modern bandura, it's a different thing. It's, you can't play the traditional repertory and it's designed so that you can't. That's oh, one of the purposes. Yeah. Stalin knew if you kill all the Kobzars and, and destroy the instruments, Ukrainians might revolt and say, you've, you've destroyed our, our beloved national tradition, the kobzar, Uh, so we're going to uh, overthrow the Soviet regime. So they said, okay, uh, we'll give you a bandura. And we'll give you a new type of Kobzar. You might call it the red Kobzar. Huh. Uh, but uh, he would play the Duma, the epic work about Stalin, Lenin, and, and Trotsky. Or uh, some kind of, you know, uh, pseudo kind of fake Kobzar stuff. And the instruments also, uh, people were convinced that this is the national instrument of Ukraine. But it's not. It, it's a, it's a, it? it was really produced in a Soviet factory uh, in the place of the Cobs are instruments.
0: What's the, like, when you say that you couldn't play the, like, the traditional repertoire, what's Mm -hmm. the, that I actually have no idea, like, what's the, what's the difference between the two instruments that would Mm -hmm. make it, like, uh, more difficult to play? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, We could
1: say, you could say uh, the stringing, uh, the types of strings, uh, Mm -hmm. the tuning, the Kobzar instruments are diatonic, mm-hmm. diatonally strong. The modern instruments are chromatically strong. Oh, okay. so, uh, on the Kobzar instruments, you can actually fret the basses and play even microtones. Uh, on the modern instruments, you can't fret. Oh. Uh, so lots of differences. They kind yeah. of, uh, visually, they kind of look similar yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the design. Mm-hmm. Uh, but realistically, uh, yeah, you could kind of play something similar on the modern instrument, but, but it's not really natural. It's kind of fakey. It's right. kind of... Uh, yeah, that that's fascinating. Pseudo.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And um, so, one of the things that I, that I knew from your research that you actually went because you you live in the U.S. right now, right in North Carolina. I'm
1: touring. Right? It's a Cobzar tour for three months. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. but I live full time in in the Poltava region. Oh, okay, all right. In a small okay. village in Krasnogirka.
0: Yeah, so that's the that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how is like living there, like in doing this work, sort of like in a place that could even feel timeless, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. assume like Absolutely. you could Absolutely. feel that as if you were in the 17th century or
1: earlier. Yes, right? in, in and no people way, still so. live like that. And sometimes we live like that when the energy, when the electricity is cut off mm-hmm. uh, for several days. We had after the war started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to make instruments by like candlelight and, and without oh. electricity. Uh, and people still today they don't really need electricity maybe to to have a light inside but they only have like several sockets for electricity because they don't really have anything except for a TV and maybe some light uh, maybe a refrigerator Uh, they don't use electricity so much because the work they do doesn't require electricity they're Mm -hmm. farming their little plot of land as they traditionally would have one thing is they'll have a tractor which will plow they don't use oxen or, Mm -hmm. or horses for plowing but people do have horses and, and cows and everything else uh there's a lot of uh things which are, honestly uh, are, are very old world uh, here in canada there's a village uh morning glory we were just up mm-hmm. up uh, the, the, uh, the my friends here actually arranged their concert and people are living like people live in ukraine oh. uh, out of out of ideas idealistic purposes but they're in korechkivka they live that way because they've always lived that way and it makes sense to them and they can't Buy a, a nice uh, car and an apartment in the big city. Uh, so they live that way. But uh, we found ourselves in the Poltava region, which would have been like the heart of the Kobzar tradition, uh, kind of by accident. Mm-hmm. It wasn't planned out uh, for other reasons. We had to find a place uh, to raise our children, which was clean, uh, somewhere close enough to Kiev, but far away enough to Kiev, mm-hmm. uh, something cheap enough, uh, w- which we could afford. And it turned out that, uh, just kind of thinking things over, that that was the place, <laughs> is the place to kind of uh, revive the tradition and to have a camp where we uh, train uh, future kobzars and uh, where they can make instruments and learn the tradition. It's complete isolation. right? You have to travel in a bus for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only the s- most serious Ukrainians and uh, and not just, there's actually some foreigners who also... Uh, Or making instruments Uh, you have to be very serious to go all the way out there, but once you're there we have uh, home cooking Mm -hmm. we have uh, Clean living uh, we have like houses It doesn't cost us really anything for students to to stay with us for several months to make an instrument and to learn Mm -hmm. so it's an ideal situation and uh, uh, Experience is shown that many of my students actually become Kobzars. And they uh-huh. actually go around. There presently there's this one girl from uh the Donbas region where mm-hmm. where the war is going. Uh she's now in China, uh playing uh the works of this uh Ukrainian philosopher Hyoris Kovrada uh who would be like a somebody like a Kobzar, but he was side and edu- and very educated, uh and is a teacher even, and he would uh uh, had his own philosophy. She, she's playing these works, which the Cubs would have played in China on the road in the very same way oh, wow. uh, and living the philosophy and, and, and doing the profession. Uh, and she's one of, one of many, really. So it's uh, it's really uh, something very serious and very special and very real. Yeah. Right? Somebody could say, oh, there's some kind of hippies. They didn't want to live in America. They wanted to <laughs> live off the grid. Uh, and that's true. You could consider myself a hippie and living off the grid and, and wanting an alternative life. Uh, but the alternative that I, that I found was something very traditional to Ukrainians. And the Art profession is uh, also something which I was looking for, not because it was old or traditional, uh, but something I wanted to do anyway. But the interesting thing is is we have this, this profession. It existed for, for hundreds of years in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, kind of by even some kind of like mystical circumstances, we were brought into the Voltava region and, and mm-hmm. students start coming uh, and, and making and uh, things like uh, at some point just when we got there, uh, all these huge maples started being cut down, this hole that was aligning oh. the highway and all these huge maples, ideal material for, for wow. instruments, are just lying in the snow. And what should I do? Well, I should collect them. And I collected, like, I don't know, maybe maybe 70 of these huge oh, slabs uh, for making these, these monoxyl instruments. And what do I do? Well, over the next five years, they dry. Uh, and little by little, I give my students. Because for them, it's very difficult to go out and find a tree and cut it down and, and wait five years. Now they can come to Korachkivka. They instantly have a piece to work on and they can get going on the instruments. Oh, so these wow. things happen. There's a lot of, how do I say, kind serendipity, of serendipity, like, uh, you know, support, science. kind, kind yeah. of cosmic support for yeah. what we're doing. And it happens all the time. It's amazing. And people say, well, how can you do it for like free? How can you not charge students anything? Like uh, really, for a student to make an instrument, I I spend lots of time telling them uh but it works yeah we have vegetables even if i tell my students well it's good to supply your groceries but my wife will cook them up in uh, on the in the the oven on the stove but really we have so many vegetables and even our neighbors kind of donate vegetables uh like huge bags of potatoes which you could live months on and they're in our cellar and they keep and uh we eat very well right (laughs) and a lot of my students who are like uh, they say well let 's how, how what is the quickest I can make an instrument? The outside world does not give me two months let 's do it in one month mm-hmm. and I say, "Well, give it a try. So they try to make something quickly, but then they realize in our uh, in our territory that for where are you uh hurrying right mm-hmm. uh, it 's such a wonderful process, but such a wonderful place to live and work, uh, and really the place breathes uh like on our uh partly in our village but but in our our uh lots where we like live our, our no our uh our own yard, our own mm-hmm. uh, uh, property I guess our property. Mm-hmm. It it kind of breathes these kind of this kind of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh it's very infective and people kind of who stay with us Eventually, they get onto a certain vibe, right? They get into a certain diet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it's interesting how the, the diet is, is even part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're living on this Poltavic territory, eating these from the same ground which the Kobzars would have eaten from, uh, and a certain kind of atmosphere. The Soviets tried to kind of destroy the region, and they really created a cultural vacuum, but uh, they couldn't control it. They couldn't destroy it completely. And I think uh, just being there, I, in mm-hmm. fact, I remember the first time I was uh, in the Poltava region and going to meet these ladies, our neighbors in the village, who sing in this Eastern Ukrainian vocal ensemble, Dravo. This is like the best singers, the, 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 the voices of Ukraine, really. And uh, performing these kobzar works from them, uh, you perform them differently. There's mm-hmm. something, when you, any musician, when he performs, uh, where his setting is or who he's performing, that's very important. Mm-hmm. And performing for these uh, old grannies in, in this village you perform the works differently. They're, they're more effective. Uh, they make more sense. And also just the, the village life, which now I understand. I, I never lived in a village, uh, but I never regret a day. For the past eight years, I've lived there. Uh, and when we sing this folklore, uh, and there's lots of uh, kind of ideas of, of what they sang about, uh, these were people from the village. And uh, a lot of ideas, uh, like when you sing about the, the cuckoo who's on the, the nut tree on the side of the, of the, of the plot... Uh, I know what that is because (laughs) I know exactly I've heard that right Uh, so uh, there's lots of things from being in the setting that also supports the revivalist tradition Uh, and we've realized that the Poltava region is the vacuum where this uh, kind of Cubs are happening needs to happen Uh, and hopefully uh, like in western Ukraine we've already had this kind of renaissance where the Hutzel musicians are Mm -hmm. making and playing and we have this ethno movement but in the Poltava region, eastern Ukraine, uh, uh, it's it's very difficult, right? There's lots of Russian control. Uh, they were suffered very much under the Soviets, under the Russian uh, Tsarist yeah. regime. So now the idea is uh, put, kind of activate the region with this Kobzar tradition. And maybe that'll be the key to kind of opening up the territory and for uh, uh, very quick development of of, uh, of, of the population there
0: oh that's amazing and so you've been living there for eight years you said, eight years or? in the village yeah. in kiev for
1: 10 years Uh
0: uh-huh. oh that's amazing and then uh like what kind of a uh, like person comes to study with you there like uh, is it uh like musicians in general or is it people that are interested in like more historical elements of ukraine what kind of people do you get there
1: very good question mostly it's not musicians huh. uh, mostly it's people who have uh, studied things like uh, computer programming uh, actually, most of my students are probably computer programmers, oh, actually, no. <laughs> uh, but people who uh, they're interested in the Kobzar tradition because they've heard examples of, of, uh, of performances at, at the ethno festivals, and uh, they're searching for some kind of spiritual tradition. Uh, somehow, making of the instrument is also a part of it, which is very interesting, very unique for that tradition in the type of instrument uh, this isn't just folk music, just yep. folk singing. Uh, the folk singers, it's kind of a different group. Uh, they come to the ladies in the village, and they sing kind of general folk songs. It's very wonderful. I'm one of those types, too. I'm mm-hmm. kind of in both camps. But the folks who are into the are tradition, that's a, a, a selected few, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's people who... Uh, realize the tradition is a spiritual one. Uh, it's it's folk music, but it's it, it's spiritual folk mm-hmm. music. It's uh, with a particular function, a certain idea of kind of Ukrainian kind of revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people who come, uh, usually the brightest of the bright, right? I remember my one of my first students who was uh, like the first in his class in, in this kind of intelligencer region in Kiev, really like the bright bright youth, uh, the future mm-hmm. of Ukraine. Those are the people who. Or looking for something, looking for some kind of profession where they can realize themselves in terms of some kind of uh, uh spiritual patriotism uh and do something be some, have some kind of c- cultural activism, and they've realized that this is what they're going to do. Hmm. You can imagine a person today saying, okay i'm going to fight from a country I'm going to learn to shoot and learn to fight, and I'm going to defend the border well uh these are similar types, but they realize that the guns they're very primitive right yeah. they're killing and everything. Uh, that's uh, you Shaker. can't compare that to uh, you have weapons of mass destruction we have uh, kind of instruments of mass joy in, in, in and yeah. national uh, consciousness
0: I love that phrase instruments of mass joy I like it and
1: that's, that's our very, technology yeah. that's how we're How we're going to end the fighting, hopefully, and hopefully help help Russia uh, to become a better place.
0: Of course, yeah, and it's it's so so interesting whenever you see the people that are not the let's say the soldiers doing the the damage. Right, they're just like. All of us, right? Every mm-hmm. village is basically like uh, the same in a way, because of our shared humanity. But right, there's right, right. crazy things that happen right, uh, right. that makes uh,
1: makes us we're, we're more victims. Apart. Yeah. We're victims that the Russian boys were fighting; they're victims too. Yeah, it's it's not the war isn't 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 helping the, the folk. It's not helping the people. Of course, it's just destroying. It's a killing machine, and the yeah. the, the, the front isn't moving. It's a frozen conflict. Yeah. Right? It seems the presidents of the world have decided, okay. Uh, if the people want a war, let them have a war right because if 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 we gave up and went home the, the ukrainians would revolt yeah. okay, you want a war, you have a war, but there's a whole economy with the war there's yeah. lots of people donating and lots of people stealing money and and, and doing bad stuff yeah. uh, it's it's a killing machine really
0: yeah and then uh, it's interesting that this uh let's say spiritual ancient tradition that was actually used to like at the heart of let's say Ukraine mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. came back right and that's in the, the context that you this that's really yes cool. yes we believe in that very yeah, much that's yes. really cool uh, from a, like practical point of view for like for the instruments when um, when we put the uh, um, the podcast. Uh, I will probably put some uh, examples of the sounds of how the Excellent. instruments. Also, people can see because most audience are not going to be uh, like familiar with it. So Absolutely. hopefully, we'll Absolutely. be able to spread it so people can see the the beautiful sounds of the pandura and everything. Wonderful, Wonderful. And, um, but then, like let's say your students that come to to learn how to make the, the instruments, and you said it's somewhat of a slow process, although. After the five years, you have to wait for the wood to get, right, right. Uh, like, ready to, to be worked on. Yes, yes. So, uh, how what's the process that you guys teach and how would, like, uh, tra- and you're teaching the traditional way of doing these instruments, like, with a traditional, like... Um, Hiding things or how 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 does that work
1: good question uh well this is kind of i consider this a new phase of the kobzar tradition Mm -hmm. uh and some things will change of course uh and as we can see even with the traditional kobzar uh kobzari from from kind of a period to period they also changed Mm -hmm. uh and so we're our work is to basically know as much as we can know about our predecessors but it's not a process of just copying, right? If it was a process of copying, I'd have to gouge my eyes out and become a blind <laughs> Uh But we've realized that this new phase uh, may be different. Uh, and it's not just myself, but also my colleagues in other guilds in Kiev, in Kharkiv in the East, and in Lviv in the West. And uh, our guild, we're separate from the others. Well, we, we work together, but we have a certain kind of independence uh, and our guild allows uh, women to make and to play, mm-hmm. uh, foreigners to make and play. I have no problem. I have, I have a problem with saying somebody no. Right? <laughs> if I see somebody who uh, has a certain spiritual development and has the right motivations for doing this, I can't tell them no. Uh, so uh, some things change, but in general, uh, the instruments we make are traditional instruments. Uh, As much as we know the tradition, Mm -hmm. uh, and those things that we don't know about the tradition, like, say, instrument making, uh, we have to kind of make educated guesses and speculation sometimes. But uh, the work is on the first hand to know the tradition, that which we know. Uh, But I don't uh, ban uh, my students from playing modern works, their own poetry, maybe their own uh, versions, uh, and even uh, taking bandura on a concert stage or playing with a band Uh, we need a very rich culture in all in all facets and the Kobzar tradition can exist as a a traditional Kobzar going city to city Uh, but it can exist in in other forms too Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, what we do uh, even with making instruments uh, we use electricity we use modern instruments as we imagine the old Kobzari would have too had they had electricity and these other instruments right Uh, but uh, the traditional uh, tools uh, we use them because usually that's the best tool for the job mm-hmm. uh, but for kind of getting rid of the mass very quickly which you don't need that's when we use power tools mm-hmm. uh, and i don't have a problem with that we don't want to waste time uh, that's not part of the project but uh, there's focus on quality right to make the best instrument not a fast instrument mm-hmm. uh, and to learn the repertoire very well and very to be able to convincingly kind of we don't need a million kobzars Mm-hmm. right I'm okay having like maybe 15 students who become real Kobzars mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's that's how it should be after
0: people go through a certain point of like training and they learn mm-hmm. how to make the instrument which uh-huh. of course like and be in an environment uh-huh. and then they learn the you teach them the, the repertoire that right. already existed and uh, you yes, guys yes. Uh, researched and found
1: we start with traditional repertoire and how to play and how to sing uh, we do things like singing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kobzari, they would have been from eastern Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We even have these ladies who are in their village with, once in a while, students will go to see how actually villagers in traditional Ukraine would have sang, because mm-hmm. uh, we don't have any living Kobzars to hear how they sang. Right. Uh, but uh, and little by little, that they learn, very few people can come for two months, like mm-hmm. solid. So they'll come like a week, and then uh, in, in several right. months, mm-hmm. another week, when they have kind of time off of school or off of work, uh, and sometimes it may take like five years to complete an instrument mm-hmm. and that's fine. we're not in a hurry but uh, even people who who've uh, it's taken like five years or so uh, they finish their instrument eventually mm-hmm. uh, A student just recently a strongest instrument he's starting to learn how to play little by little. Uh, and maybe earlier it was kind of like a hobby okay, my friends are making instruments maybe I'll make an instrument. maybe it'll never be made, never be completed mm-hmm. but little by little that's happening, he's learning and he has an instrument, a very nice instrument. Uh, and uh, and all these ideas, uh, you can understand, uh, you have to understand that uh, to make an instrument and have an instrument, that's something you have to have. But this is kind of a formal type of thing, like without a Bandura, you can't Kobzar around. So you have to have a Kobzar or a Bandura. But these are all just kind of details, right? The real education is basically, if you calculate in a two month period of time, how many hours we are and we're not talking about instrument making mm-hmm. mostly that's a little bit that's yeah, a small percentage mm-hmm. we're talking about philosophy about culture uh, about society about politics about everything mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of even when we're sitting uh, at dinner or before dinner or wherever whenever uh, I've also noticed often noticed that the, the type of language the type of conversations we have you could consider that part of the curriculum Hmm. So if you can imagine two full months of time, that's a lot of information, yeah. and we're relaying right, and that's not with a class of like thirty students, like in university. That's one on one usually, or yeah. one on two sometimes. Mm-hmm. So all this information kind of goes, and I myself have spent lots and lots of time with my teachers, Julian Kitasti for about ten years in the states, Taras uh, Kopytchenko in in Kiev for ten years. So that's twenty years with two very very serious people who are practicing kobzars and and know their stuff and i've learned from them mm-hmm. you know it's 20 years of education yeah that's a lot of education, <laughs> that's lot of education. That's and that's crazy. from living with them that's from uh, going uh, performing with them in different uh, uh, kind of ensembles and bands and things uh, and so I, I realized that all that information now i give that to my students and in two months or more however long it takes. They pass, the, they pass the test and become Kobzars. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's yeah, incredible.
0: In the context of today, basically traveling, not only around Ukraine, but showcasing that tradition around the world as well. Well, it's
1: interesting uh, that uh, the Kobzar tradition is not just a Ukrainian thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found uh, an example in American culture, a blind Willie Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might say, oh yeah, he was just a blind bluesman. No, he was a Kobzar, but he was African-American. He lived in Texas. And he played uh, gospel hymns on his guitar. Mm-hmm. Went, But he also went kind of village to village. On the roadside is the Kobzari wood. In every, you know, the main points of the, uh, the kobzari tradition, he met those. So it turns out that uh, the Kobzari, uh, even though it's specific to Ukraine, uh, other cultures have something yeah. similar. And I've had a lot of occasions to Kobzar, uh, to American universities where there's no Ukrainians. Uh, and a lot of students will come to the first half or the first kind of uh, presentation, you might say, the first Kobzar visit. Uh, and then uh, he can go home, right? He can go to the next class, but they'll come back. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of the, for me, uh, I pass the test. They're coming back. There's something there for them. Uh, and I'm not just Ukrainian, I'm also an American, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, I can relate to them and the idea or a lot of ideas which are kind of uh, philosophy of the kobzars it's it's philosophy for anybody it's a spiritual tradition anybody can can be enriched it's hard to understand even for Ukrainians it's hard to understand these old texts mm-hmm. right? the kobzar works uh, they're a 100 or 700 years old usually but uh, the energy that goes out i think uh, people from any nation can sympathize and can get this kind of uh, feel this kind of charge, this kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, happening. this clubs are happening. Uh, recently, very interesting. Uh, at the drum bar yesterday, uh-huh. uh, two folks just happened to kind of pop in, mm-hmm. right? One guy who had seen me a year and a half ago and thought, "Oh, this is very interesting." And a year later, he wanted to find me. He could, he didn't find me, mm-hmm. but he was just going on the street and says, "Oh, you're from me. <laughs> So he goes in and sees the visit, the, my my uh, my are again, mm-hmm. and I'm convinced that somebody like that uh that uh, several hours which I would have performed these works uh, maybe that is needed for some I don't know, mm-hmm. he's searching for some kind of information for his own work as a, a movie director mm-hmm. or this other guy he came afterwards and he was kind of looking over the shoulder and he said that his Russian friend had told him to come because he being an Ukrainian maybe it was interesting these instruments and this guy was so fascinating, the, the Roman mm-hmm. uh, he said let me take a look at the instruments he's playing and he's like wow I play the guitar, but I'm ready for the clubs and the bandura. How much does one cost? Where can I make one? Maybe mm. uh, he, he's saying, "Look, I have goosebumps on all my arms," mm-hmm. uh, and it's true. So these kind of uh, uh, meetings, kind of chance, supposedly chance meetings. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they're chance meetings. I believe mm-hmm. that uh, the kobzari below. can be act, can maybe activate the world in some kind of world unity mission or something, mm-hmm. uh, and especially because now. The traditional Kobzari they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to fly or take take a boat again across the ocean. But now the airport's only an hour away. I can be an American in nine hours or in any other country in the world. Yeah. Uh, so the next project is Kobzaring the New World. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or nothing. the yeah, it's uh, the the whole world. That's <laughs> <The whole world. laughs> <laughs> amazing. And I look forward uh, to it. Going to different countries. And, yeah. in doing this and, and maybe Ukraine has a specific history, a specific uh cause and history, and maybe that is, is is something because of the Soviet isolation, the world couldn't know who is Ukraine, what is her history, right? Every nation has a certain uniqueness and unique story which can enrich everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that through the Kobzar tradition that's how Ukrainian uh culture can can uh, can benefit other nations and for them to know who is Ukraine. This is the best form of cultural diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it reminds me, there's this, I think it's Bastiat. It's like an economist from the 1700s, I think. I uh, may uh, be wrong on the on the dates, but okay. he was talking, he's, he talked about products, but I think it applies to culture, that he was saying mm-hmm. that if uh, products don't cross borders, uh, soldiers will.
1: Uh, and
0: uh, and uh, the way that I understand this is more like if culture uh, crosses borders, interesting, interesting. it will be harder for you to be violent to something that very interesting love. very interesting right it's uh, a absolutely, absolutely. it's one of those things Like that's why like in like in like in my work like both in photography and music that's some uh-huh. of the things uh-huh. that it's like in my mandate it's like oh let's see the and that's why I, I i i appreciate the idea that you're saying like oh like foreigners they have the right mindset to come like it's not us versus them it's right and you're right. reinterpreting all this in the What's the spirit of the, the work that they've done and that you guys, right. uh, that it's not frozen in time? It's like right, you, right, you right. can take an airplane and go. Right. Talk the world is nice new
1: people. and there's new, new conditions and we need to have a new form of Kobzar. It needs yeah. to be basically the same, mm-hmm. but some of the details need to be kind of re- rearranged. Yeah. It's a classic idea. Uh, even uh, just kind of my study of the Qobzari, uh, something very similar would have been the apostolic mission, mm-hmm. where the apostles went to all corners of the earth. Uh, well, they were Jewish, right? It was the Jewish faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why would they? Uh, but actually, the the, the, the interesting, uh, their uh, work was to go to the Jewish diaspora first, because they were ready for this new Christian religion. Uh, but eventually, it spread through there to, to yep. the whole world. And uh, maybe the Kobzar tradition could be similar. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah, hope for so. sure.
0: That's <laughs> amazing. And so the next steps for you would be like, well, we'll have actually, we should start getting ready for your, for your performance soon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and then uh, like after this, you're going to go back to, to Ukraine afterwards? And uh, After the next,
1: uh, the, the total tour is three months. Okay. It's mm-hmm. a lot of time. It's a lot of uh, mileage. Uh, if you can imagine going from Raleigh, North Carolina up to Montreal, over to Seattle, down oh. to, to Los Angeles, and across back to Raleigh. That's a huge square, right? Uh, and it kind of worked out that way. And an interesting thing: how could such, how could I, like this this guy in Ukraine, mm-hmm. who just has, who doesn't have really any money, mm-hmm. uh, create this whole three month tour in like two weeks? Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer is I couldn't do it, right? I need help. I need uh, heavenly help to to Mm -hmm. make it happen. Uh, But we have this thing called Facebook. (laughs) And I basically put an image... Uh, and i knew it would work because i tried it last uh, a year and a half ago and i'm kind of uh honing my skills to be able to do better but i put an image basically with with my itinerary i planned it just to be an east coast thing but there was a photo of me playing the bandura uh, with the title cuz are in the world and the cities i was going to see mm-hmm. so i put that into all these uh, uh social groups on facebook uh and over the cu- next couple of weeks people in each area kind of said oh we'll uh, will host an event mm-hmm. And I di- I'm not paying people. Uh, I don't have money to pay. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, how do I say, these are all kind of non-commercial events. Nobody's making any money, uh, but it costs to kind of drive around and and, and, yeah. and, and to, uh, a lot of people are feeding me and helping me and taking care of me. Uh, even though I have a car where I can sleep, <laughs> uh, it very rarely happens. People are very, very generous. Uh, so how is all this happening? Uh, and it's, uh, it's also a technology and mm-hmm. we're learning that technology, but the technology is connected with this kind of cosmic help, yeah. right? Or, or the help mm-hmm. of God, I, I call it, uh, where, uh, if this is necessary, if it's a necessary mission, uh, then, uh, then God will kind of fill in where I can't, the things mm-hmm. that I can't do. And that's, I have confirmations of this every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the most beautiful thing. I don't worry Uh, Am I doing the right thing? Well, I I do worry, but I I know that uh, as things happen, that's how they're supposed to happen. I just need to kind of Mm -hmm. adjust as need be and kind of go through the steps Mm -hmm. uh, with faith that uh, this is very important work, uh, and I will, you know, if I if I do the right thing, it will successfully be completed, and a lot of hopefully good good things will happen as a result. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I was uh, uh, willing to leave my family for three months imagine my wife and my three four children. Oh, I have four children there wow. for three months without me and we're used to being all always together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy and Mommy are always at home with our children because I work in the workshop which is two steps away. So now for three months for me to leave, I plan it to be one and a half months. But people in the west coast are saying, "Why are you why aren't you coming to us? Please do." And such honestly gener- generous kind of mm-hmm. uh, propositions that uh, you know we need this. So it's very hard for me to say no. And I really much want to say yes. So it turned out in a three-month uh, tour. But me and my wife are convinced that if it's work that needs to be done, you have to be very careful about saying no. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and even though it's difficult for us, uh, and I think my wife is ready. My three kids are going to school, so she has half a day free, uh, pretty much free work. She can even sleep if she needs to. Uh, but it's very difficult. The chaos in our house, our little house, <laughs> uh, when the four ki- children are tired and haven't done their homework and they're hungry, it gets really crazy. But uh, my wife is a similar person to myself that she believes that this is uh, necessary. That this is my profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though that we don't make money, uh, that uh, God supports us and he'll give us exactly what we need, not necessarily what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's our philosophy because that's we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've lived it and we realize Honestly, we don't have to worry about what will happen tomorrow, hmm. uh, but we do have to worry uh, that if we if if we believe that this is our mission, that we have to do the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and realistically, we're really fine. We eat wonderfully. I eat heap, keepin yeah. helpins, right? Yeah. Uh, we feed our students and our and the children's uh, the neighbors' children. Uh, we eat just fine. We have no credit, right? Mm-hmm. We're not in in, in debt. We have uh, a car and a house and a workshop and like Mm -hmm. several acres of the best land in the world. What's the problem? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I don't see a problem. Yeah, and
0: it's fascinating that you were able to come and like to all these places and uh, even even that lifestyle is very interesting from Uh like because people are not used to that. We're used to worrying about
1: the bills and And even an American. How could an American? And it was it was a it was a process of of twenty years really. Uh, to, for me to go to Ukraine and move for good to Ukraine and, and, and the adaptation process in Kyiv was very difficult. I mean, Americans, most would probably go crazy mm-hmm. if they lived through what I lived through. <laughs> but thats I've come to realize that that's the process, that's the education process, that's the tempering process, which now I've gone through, and now I'm ready to uh, leave Ukraine and, and go to other countries once in a while, not the whole year. Right? Still in Ukraine, that's the base. That's where mm-hmm. my, my students are waiting when I get back. Uh, we have also uh, Kobzar uh, work, uh, Kobzaring in Ukraine, and concertizing, mm-hmm. and ensembles where we play with other musicians. Mm-hmm. Lots of work. Uh, but it's all really... It's an alternative, but it, it's... it's You know, an, it, kind of the, uh, the knowledge that I have after living this type of life, and the kind of new philosophy, alternate philosophy, to the American philosophy, mm-hmm. that you have to make lots of money, right? Uh, be you know, basically put all your energy into your work. And with all that money, you'll have, you know, wonderful, uh, I don't know, time in in the old folks home. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What is the philosophy? It didn't make sense to me. Uh, But what I'm doing now, even though we really have nothing in the bank account, uh, but when we kind of spend our, our monthly things we have to spend, the money kind of comes in. Uh, from Mm -hmm. different sources some kind some many times mystically kind of Hmm. uh, because i don't sell instruments really once in a while Mm uh once in a while some will pop up say oh i want a turban okay Mm -hmm. and that's very kind of strange like this banker the president of this huge bank in ukraine was in karki He just happened to see me on the tv with this instrument Uh he just happened to be interested in such instruments and on that day that we was supposed to fly to Kiev, the, the, the flights were canceled. So he just happened to be going right by my house. Oh, wow. So he picks up a Kharkiv tort, pays me a visit, and makes me uh, an order for for, for a torban. These things are very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this particular banker, he's playing the torban. He's playing the guitar. He has an ensemble. He comes to Canada right, <laughs> on tours. Uh, kind of uh, propagating the, the revolution with his yeah. project uh, Born to be Free. So these are also very, all very special kind of instances. Right. Uh, so, yeah. very, very, uh, we've recognized the world is very different than what they show on the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, part of the, the Kobzaring work is to basically, you know, put these ideas, these new philosophies or, or old philosophies that are real, real philosophies uh, into, into the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh and kind of you could say that Kobzuri were, were educators, right? It was it was mm-hmm. education. Uh but music was part of it. Uh kind of you could kind of read a textbook to it to a to a person, uh but to play uh the texts, the most important text of a culture, uh, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
0: sure. It's there is a like whatever thousand year old tradition everywhere of uh, like storytellers, uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, this is like a specific way, and musical uh-huh, course, uh-huh. is part of it. That's uh, that's quite fascinating. And you're not uh, like interested in like uh, with making instruments and like selling them, or like it's like what sort of like a once.
1: Initially, I was, and that was kind of pragmatically. Well, how am I going to pay pay the rent in Kiev? Mm Because as a musician or as as, as somebody researching kobzar tradition, nothing pays, especially Mm -hmm. in Ukraine. It's terribly poor. Uh, Now it's like much poorer than it was like four years ago. Hmm. But uh, eventually, I realized that selling instruments is not is not for me. Mm -hmm. You you have to do lots of business. You have to do lots of the documents to transport the instrument and, and to make boxes and to, to go to makers and convince them to make and then to buy their instruments mm. and all things which that's not the work that I, I do best. I'm not a good mm-hmm. businessman, right? Because I don't want to make money. I just want to pay my rent, mm-hmm. right? Making money for me is is, is a nasty business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's nice when you, from the work that I do, somebody pays me, but in Ukraine, it rarely happens mm-hmm. uh, once in a while. So eventually I realized that, okay, I'll make my own instruments and sell them. But then I realized that, the best thing is to make myself instruments and to research, mm-hmm. not actually making this, but researching instruments and making instruments to kind of test my research to see if it's good. Mm-hmm. And over the past 10 years, my instruments have gotten better and better and better. Uh, and now I've realized that having an order, even taking orders for me, it's this kind of a negative thing in the mind that you have to make this instrument, right? You took money, you have to make it and in a certain, you know, very mm-hmm. quickly make it and give it to them. Uh, but there's problems. The person doesn't know what he's buying. He's made mm-hmm. an order. And uh, just so many problems that seem really not not in my sphere of work mm-hmm. that I've decided that I will make for myself the best instrument I can I can make. It may take very long, but without any compromise, mm-hmm. right? Visually, uh, sound-wise, uh, functionally, these will be the best instruments I can do. Uh, and if I have... Uh, Extra copies, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Copies that aren't aren't the best ones. And if somebody wants one, they can buy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be pretty expensive, yeah, of course, because uh, it yeah. takes lots. Sometimes way too much time. Uh, but I'll still I do much cheaper than a maker in the West would charge for. Because in Ukraine, yeah, things are cheaper. We don't, as I say, we we have a house and a car. We don't need so much mm-hmm. money. But. Uh, it rarely happens. I rarely sell an instrument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, so on. that's
0: that's interesting to to know because I think there are certain instruments that even you going and you making your own. There is its own uh, uh, mm-hmm. its own let's say mystical path to actually right, making right, right. your instrument, and uh, it's like a
1: meditation. I love the process of making so much that I noticed that I start making slower and slower. But it's, mm-hmm. I'm act more, more and more accurately, right? Without any compromise, sometimes it takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. But you kind of master the process. And in the future, uh, I'm sure the work will go quicker uh, and the instruments get better. I'll know exactly. I won't have to think so much about the design and the construction. And if a lot of instruments kind of add up, then I can sell them for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. It's a... I try to even putting a price on work. Is Yeah, it's hard. As artists, it's always difficult. And talking about it even, you know... Yeah. Uh, but realistically, makers who sell these types of instruments in the West—they're mm-hmm. very expensive. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that I can sell them for cheaper because even without selling the instruments, we were okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's
0: uh, that's amazing. And uh, one final thing is like, if people want to see more of uh, like your work, even philosophical things, if they want to reach out to uh, you, like where, where's the best place for them to go? Uh,
1: there's a promotion website for the tour. It's okay. at wwwkobzarski tabir Dot bravesites.com. Okay. Uh, so that's K O B Z A R S K I Y T A B I R dot B R A V E S I T E S dot com. Okay, we'll put links for that
0: definitely on the show notes. And so there's that, a,
1: uh, uh, but the main resource is probably just like on daily stuff on Facebook, okay. uh, the group called Kobzarski Tabir. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and we'll really every links. several days, everything that I feel is associated with tradition. Uh, and, and new things were happening. Uh, I put on there. So and, and it's open group. So mm-hmm. great. So
0: uh, we'll put links for that on show notes in case excellent, people excellent. want to uh, check it out. And Wonderful. then on the outro of this uh, of the show, we'll get some of the well, with your permission, I'll put some of the music we're going to be playing. Uh, Wonderful. Tonight. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, so that people can Propagate. check it out. <laughs> and uh, with that, you, Thank you so <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah, and, uh,
1: appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Звучу суперн'я Бославку по річах пізнавали. Ей, кайдан Словами промовляли, слозами обігали. Ей, 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 еи Ей, дико-бранка, Маруся-попивна, Бославка, О, чому ми знаємо, Що в нашій землі християнській Алла, бомже ми 30 літ, тяжкий турецький катер зіпробовав є. Та бож го сіджу, мені сонця правильно не зовчали. Ей Землі християнські, сводне великодне субота, а завтра даст біг великий праздник роковий вели. Kliali proklinali raye tej to taka mi Торецьки до мечети від'їжджати, Пожі були мені ключі на руки ставати, Тодісь воно вас буду приходжати, Вас на волю випущати. Нароковий праздник на Великден став паше Турецьки до мечети в'їжджати Ставбівці, бранці, маруси, муставці, ключі не зробити заводити «Ей, тобі, тобі добранка!» Добре небай, до кам'єної темниці пригощає Залізні замки обникає Та усі хозеки на волю випущає І ще і з промовляє Не найти на городу во вуста, Розкоші нещасної для лакомства блашею. нас, Боже, з тяжкої турецької, I will be the
0: That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to The Wanderings Podcast. You can find show notes and links at pedrobonato.com slash podcast. If you like the show, I would love if you could share it with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media at pedrobonato. I would love to hear from you. You can find my photography work at pedrobonato.com. The music for the Wanderings podcast is provided by the Blue Dot Ensemble, a music and dance group exploring traditions from all over the planet, where I am one of the founders and the lead drummer. You can find us at bluedotensemble.com. So tune in next week for another show. Until then, I urge you to keep following your curiosity, and I'm looking forward to our next Wanderings together.